Hello and welcome back to another episode of Our Generation On Air. My name is Alex Bullimore and this week I am joined by Dan Lambert. Dan, welcome. Good evening, good evening. Yeah, so just me and Dan for the time being on this uh, podcast. Um, And the indifferent run of form has unfortunately continued for QPR with a 1-0 away loss to Blackburn. But there is a chance for the lads to bounce back on Saturday when Cardiff City come to W12. But first, let's look at that aforementioned 1-0 loss. Um, All in all, a bit of a poor performance, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, um, disappointing. Um, Straight from the off, really. Second best, probably all game, apart from maybe a 10-minute spell at the end of the first half. Um, Couldn't really um, play out from their press. caused us caused us issues all game and uh it just felt like a constant cycle of um sustained dominance for Blackburn all game. Yeah, and as you've put it before, Warbs trying to change football for the better with the two false nines, no strikers yet again. But there was the you know for me there was some disappointment when this uh team was announced. I think we all know Andre Gray is uh, much better away from home. Five league goals, I think I'm correct in saying. All five have come away from W12. So it was a little bit disappointing to see that he stuck with the two false nines. What do you, th- what yeah. do you think? Um, yeah, no, that that, that tweet um, was more more sarcastic more than anything. Um, yeah, I was, was a bit surprised. I thought we should have gone for Grey up top. I mean... No Dykes was was a big loss for me. Um, I think I said last week if he's fit, he has to start. Um, but he wasn't fit. I just think Dy- um, not Dykes. Great is better in contact, especially in in duels um, against centre halves. Well, easily compared to Willock and Chair. Don't get this wrong. Like you know, he's just a bigger guy. I'm not saying oh, he's yeah. a fat or anything. He's just no, no, he's no, no. wider. He's str- clearly stronger than Cher and Willock. Yeah. When you're coming up against the big centre half, as most teams do have in the championship, I'm, I'm three. Yeah, three of them. You want, you know, you want someone from your team that's going to be able to compete because anyone with a slight size advantage or height advantage is just going to dominate us when we play like this, aren't they? Yeah, and we couldn't we couldn't even run the channels either. Um, that was partly due to their their man orientation, but we struggled to to I don't know lose a man or create any any sort of movement without being um, literally like right against their players, um, which was frustrating. Yeah. So, what? Why do you think he stuck with the two false nines? Because I thought we got away with it a little bit, perhaps against Blackpool. Uh, I thought we did play well in the first half. We tried to go over the top a few more times to get Sharon Willock running in behind. And it wasn't too bad. Obviously, there's a big difference in quality between Blackpool and Blackburn. I'm going to get that confused at some point. Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we got away with it. The second half performance was backs against the wall because the fact that we went down to 10 men. But it looked like we came out with that same mentality here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, apparently Warburton said post-game. Um, again, the reason was to to overload the midfield, which in hindsight clearly didn't work generally anyway. Um, 
but I, I found that a bit a bit baffling because what it was three v two naturally anyway um, in the midfield. Then obviously you have the likes of chair that naturally drops in, so that's already four v two. We just didn't get on the ball enough, or at least their press was constantly forcing us long, and because they forced us long, we just couldn't couldn't gain territory higher up the pitch, which. Like, like I said earlier, it was just a constant cycle of um, dominance for Blackburn, really. Yeah, it's kind of a simple tactic for Blackburn to employ once you've noticed what's going to happen from us. You know, it it doesn't take much. I don't know whether that's how they intended to go into the game or what. You know, whether they got told once they saw the team sheets, this is how we're going to play or whatever. But well, apparently, apparently, normally they don't do that. Well, I spoke to yeah. I spoke to a Blackburn fan, and they normally deploy more of a more of a mid block and kind of sit weight and then pounce. But clearly what well, at least Mowbray said after the game that the intention to use Dolan rather than Buckley was was for the energy and just to just to press them straight from the off. Mm. And uh you wrote an article on this, didn't you? Um is there anything from there that you would like to highlight in particular that you haven't mentioned already? Um well obviously you've talked about the press. Um it was quite frustrating the I found that They'd isolate isolate Kadger and Dolan 1v1 against the Doma quite a lot of the time. I mean, as much as the Doma's got his qualities, um, he's just not defensively there. He's really a winger playing in a in a wing back position. And when we got pinned so deep, it was almost like he was a fullback at times. Um so that that kind of made it a bit easier for for the likes of Kadra and Dolan, who did have a game, um, a good game anyway, but when they're on that kind of form in the in the within the ninety minutes, it's not it's not ideal. Um, and the other thing for me was the defensive transitions. I thought um, we know we're quite susceptible to them generally, anyway. Um, but it was particularly between the distance between Dicky and the Doma that they were finding space quite easily when they they won the ball and uh, would, would counter at quite quite quick speed. Yeah, uh, I mean it's that. I can't remember what chance it was, but in the first half, it was Kadra, wasn't it? It was a ball over yeah. the top from their centre-back, actually, wasn't it? And yeah. Doma is so far up the pitch. Dieng makes a good save, but he's given the opportunity by Kadra to make a good save. It should be 1-0 at that point. And I think it's something that you pointed out. It could be 2 or 3-0 before half-time. Um, yeah. And, you know, it just... We, we hadn't woken up, and I know we are prone to slow starts but against a side that hadn't scored in, in five five you know haven't won games recently and they've missing their big striker who scored majority of their goals and it was clear that regardless of how many chances they would create on Saturday they were keen to miss quite a few of them <laughs> like you know they yeah. were very presentable at times um it was a really I think it's a really big opportunity missed, uh, especially considering I thought that at the end of the half, and this has perhaps gone over well, sorry, under the radar a little bit, I thought we ended the half better. And I don't know, yeah. didn't see much of the second half, but that probably was our best period of the game, where we had definitely two really good chances, a Doma, which was, then it was a good save. But then Chair has a lot of time on the edge of the box and still manages to fire wide. It's not a definite goal, as they say on comms, but you've got to be putting it on target at least, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, you should be. Um, for me, I thought that period was quite interesting. Um, obviously, like you said, we had the two good chances. 
but it almost still felt like we were passing it around for no reason. There was just no, there wasn't much penetration in terms of the quantity of possession. Um, I think one point we probably strung about 20, 25 passes together. And then we, I know, I know we have an emphasis on recycling, recycling the ball backwards and sideways, but they were able just to, just to force us backwards and squeeze, squeeze us a bit deeper, deeper into our own half. But um, no, we did create two, two good chances in that, that period. Um, Good ball, good ball from Hendrick to to find a dome, to be fair. Um and really chair should be should be at least hitting the target. Yeah. And um, but that's one of the things that's been highlighted, hasn't it? When we haven't played well enough, we when we have possession of the ball, we move it too slowly. And there is perhaps like too much emphasis on moving it backwards rather than forwards at times. You know, I'd perhaps like to see us go more helpful ever at teams. It just feels like they're being too cautious at times and not end up creating enough. But where does the where does that sort of I mean, you know, for me that all stems from the midfield and in fact the centre backs who have too much of the ball at times and they're not giving it to players that are or they're not trying they're not good enough or they're not finding the runs of the players that you know there might not be any runs being made in front of them. That might be why they're not moving the ball on. But at times you've got to take a risk, haven't you? Yeah, you do. I think I think movement's one of the issues I've I've found. Um, I think also the fact that there's no dikes, there's not really another dimension to to your attack. Um, you almost have to play through them or around them. Um, so that's something that we haven't had the ability to do, go over their press, um, go a bit more direct, and then uh, have runners beyond. Um, I think the other thing, and that's probably one of my dislikes about the wing-back system is there's so much emphasis, especially against uh, you're playing aside with another wing-back. Um, there's emphasis on, on beating your man 1v1 all the time. So you can't... You, whereas, whereas, like, say you're playing a back four, for example, you can create more combinations and overlaps, underlaps. There's more There's more dimensions to your attacks. But with the wing-back, there's an emphasis on that wing-back doing everything. Um, almost that a full-back and a winger has to do. Um, so I think... I think we found at times hard to beat them one v one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was disappointing at the second at the end of that half that we didn't manage to get the goal. Um, come out for the second half and Dieng is subst for substituted for David Marshall. Now, like I said, I didn't catch a lot of the second half, but was this from was it Sam Gallagher who ran through and tapped I think him so. basically um, into the back of the net? Yeah, he caught him, didn't he? Late when he, when he, yeah, at the back post. I think that was the reason. Um, well, I haven't seen any other reason as to why he came off, but yeah, look, it, I think the obvious answer would be that that challenge. Yeah, um, and the thing that everyone will remember about this game is the goal that unfortunately that Marshall makes a, a mistake from. Um, maybe up. I'm being overly generous here, but when I was speaking to my dad after the game, I I kind of said that I understand perhaps why he's tried that and he hasn't he hasn't executed it well enough. But it's right underneath his bar; he's falling backwards. If he catches it and falls backwards, it's possible that it goes in anyway. I don't know. It, it's it, he's made the wrong call perhaps in the moment, but that was just kind of me being too generous perhaps there. But what what did you think of the goal? Um, for, for me, for me, it's a mistake. Um, I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I'm no I'm no expert on goalkeepers. I'm I don't really know that position to to the best of my ability, but I think he's probably got to be doing better. It looks like it's gone through his hands, kind of. Um, I think it's just one of those. Um, on reflection, Blackburn definitely deserved to score at least one of those chances. Um, and he kept us in a few few times in the second half. So I don't think we can be too critical of Marshall, but um, it's those fine margins that, that cost you games. Yeah. And I guess it's been the point to me most that the centre-backs were good throughout the game. I don't know about that. Like They were kind of... I don't know. It's when you're backs against a wall like that, and you're they they're doing half their job well enough, or like seventy five percent of their job in this side is to actually defend. So you know, okay, fair, fair enough. They haven't conceded to that point, but if Marsh if Dieng is injured, then Marshall's going to get another chance on Saturday. I don't know. Has Warburton said anything about how serious the injury is? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I imagine something will come out later in the week. Um, but something on the centre backs, I mean, I think Dicky, Dicky in particular, I felt was getting quite a lot of stick. Which like, I'm not, I'm not saying he had a had a great, great, great game by any means. But when you're coming up against the likes of Kadra, Dolan dropping to the wide left channel, um, you've got Pickering overloading. I don't really think it's it's fair to to load the load some of the blame entirely on him. Um, I thought Dunn was Dunn was quite good. Uh, he kept us in a few few situations, but I think Mowbray did did well in in playing a front three against our back three because um, at times we struggle to struggle to control when you when you're playing man to man. Was there anything else from the second half that sort of stood out for you? Um, I think Johansson deserves a bit of credit, um, and I careful, imagine careful. I, I imagine by this point, um, people people will probably hate me. Um, but that ball for Andre Gray, um, yeah, was 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 brilliant in my, in my opinion. Um, well, actually, let's have a look at that then, because that was one of the few moments that I did manage to catch. It's quite it's at the end of the game, really, isn't it? At this point, yeah, last <laughs> ten minutes, last ten minutes, and it is a lovely ball over the top. Gray's got to just take that first time, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. And then Gray puts down the back of the net. Everyone will be um, praising Johansson for 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 that masterclass of a ball. But um, I don't. I I still struggle to 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 understand some of the criticism. Pe- people literally um, put a microscope on any of his mistakes, but I don't think I saw anyone mention that single ball. Um, for me, if you, in the final third when he's facing. Facing forward, he opens up any defence in the league. Um, simple as that, and it, it, it proved proved um, proved well, right. Exactly. On when when you've got a player that can make that sort of ball, why would you not want him in your side? Exactly. I, I don't get it. It's, he he bring he he brings so he brings so much quality to the side. Mm. And you know, I, I had a look a couple of games ago, but I, I don't know whether it's changed now with him being in and out of the team. But he was, I think fourth on the list for create chances created obviously behind Willock and Chair. Um I think Dizel actually was up there as well with the, well, he was third or fourth or something like that. But you know he's he's one of the big chance creators in the side. And when you take him out, no wonder we struggle. Um I think, I, sorry. I think what's what's key what's key with some of the criticism is 
he wasn't really playing his natural role on Saturday. He was more of a 10, um, which is, is, is fine um, when he's in the final third. But particularly when, when you're against a side in a game where you don't have much of the ball, you're going to be a lot of the time having to receive the ball back to goal. Um, and I don't think his strength is particularly, I don't know, like, like a willock or a chair where they can receive the ball in tight areas. They can, they can get out of those, those tight areas uh, back to goal. He's, he's, he's better with the ball at his feet in front of goal, um, finding finding whoever needs to be to be found. Yeah. Uh, hate to bang this drum again, but the whole problem is that we have two players that are very good playing the same position in chair and Willock. If we only had one of them, we'd <laughs> just be a better balance of the side. But, you know, it's nice to have both of them, I guess. Uh, it was Sam McCallum came on, didn't he, right at the end. And uh, it was nice to see him back after having such a torrid time of injury. And hopefully he's going to play an important role in this running. But what did you think of his performance? I think he made one really nice crossfield pass, perhaps on the volley, was it? Unless I've confused him with someone uh, else. No, I, I, can't, I can't remember that that particular moment. But I thought, like you said, it was nice to see him, see him back out after two hamstring injuries, I think. Um, He's probably not quite there physically at the minute, so we're going to have to to bed him in slowly if that's even possible with um with Wallace out out injured or whatever's happening to him. But he just adds that bit of bit of dynamism on the left. He's really athletic, um, pace. He's hungry. Final ball at times on Saturday was a bit was a bit off, but I mean I can't really criticise him too much considering the whole whole team weren't really at it all game. Yeah, I'm sure he'll uh, be more important over the coming weeks. Uh, but, you know, like, like you said at the start, it was a, an opportunity for us to pick up a good good win or at least a good draw and uh, missed out on it. So it's quite disappointing. Um, but I just thought I'd have a look at our record against the current top six, which is, of, uh, of course, Fulham, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Blackburn, ourselves and then Luton now as well uh much to Dan's delight uh, um because I felt like I don't know whether I've made this up but I feel like this could be the sort of the next topic that will come soon enough are games against teams that we potentially could face in the playoffs um you know uh people might have the presumption that we've not played that well against them. Well, what are the results then? So we've lost, obviously, 4-1 to Fulham away from home, two defeats to Bournemouth, 2-1 away and 1-0 at home. And then Huddersfield, we won 1-0 at home. Blackburn, 1-0 at home, 1-0 away loss. And then Luton win 2-0 at home. So that's a total of nine points from a possible 21. And obviously we know that the top six is likely to change quite a bit between now and the end of the season. Luton are only just in there at the moment and you've got Sheffield United and Middlesbrough hot on their heels you know so there could be teams coming in falling out but against that current top six nine from possible 21 considering how talented Fulham are and the sort of wealth that Bournemouth have behind them not necessarily a bad points tally I'd say no no it's not it's not bad um it's probably Probably not what you you'd probably like it to be a bit higher against these sides. I mean, if you look at some of the games in isolation, Blackburn I thought were ridiculously poor that day. Um, Luton were decent at 
uh, our place, but probably aren't at what they are now. Um, so a few of the points probably feel like they were kind of not wild card, but they were they were given to us on a on a plate to an extent. Um, on the other hand, you but, could say that we took our chance, you know, against Huddersfield, yeah. against Blackburn. Both they, they they were games when quite close to each other. They were both quite negative performances from the opposition. I think the only one that you could look at and say perhaps there could have been a different outcome is a Bournemouth away match. We were, you know, really getting ahead of steam towards the end of the game and perhaps quite unlucky not to come away with a draw. But apart from then that... Then we left it a bit late though, didn't we? Left yeah. Left it a bit late after the two early goals. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, difficult, it's a difficult one to look at. I mean, if, 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 we get, if we get in the playoffs at the end of the season, whoever's there, um, I don't think... I think those kind of games, obviously, you know you've beaten someone before or whatever, but it's, it's more about games in isolation and they won't be, they won't be worried about past results. Yeah, obviously you've still got to play Huddersfield and Luton in those games coming up soon. Um, but I think there's one positive take from it. The three playoff sides we've beat in them all at home, you know, it mm. potentially, depending on where you finish, the second tie could be at home with everything to play for. And, you know, the, the fact that you've got a good home record against these sides, is that is a positive. Um, so, you know, at, at the moment, you know, you keep an eye on it. Like I said, things can change and they probably will change between now and the end of the season but it looks positive enough for my liking okay so moving on from that loss to Blackburn we have Cardiff at the weekend and joining us to talk through this as well is Lucas Ross Lucas evening evening boys sorry I'm late uh so Dan Cardiff they've improved rapidly since the last time we we played them wasn't it a long time ago one nil win away. Andre Gray goal, beautiful ball from Dazelle. But they are a much better side now. Yeah, no, they're, they're a better side. Um, obviously, Morrison, he was caretaker at the time that last game. He's now the permanent manager. Um, it's quite interesting because obviously they lost they lost Ryan um, Giles in in January, who's obviously at Blackburn now. Um, and you thought it, their creativity or their yeah, their creativity would have gone out the window, but it seems to have improved with him him not being there. Um, they brought in some good championship loan players to help bolster the squad. Um, the likes of Hugo, who we know well. Um, Ick Piazu, um, two good target men. Um, and then you've got the likes of Alfie Doherty, um, fast, direct, pacey, pacey winger. Yeah, uh, they're probably now safe from relegation. They're on 36 points with 34 games played and a 13 points clear of Barnsley now. Uh, it's also worth noting that at the time of recording, they have another game to play this evening against Derby. So uh, we'll wait to see what happens in that one. But apart from that, Lucas, I would, they've had a pretty decent month for their standards. 10 points from possible 19. It's not bad at all, is it? Not too shabby for Cardiff, especially given how they started the season. And when we played them, they hadn't scored a goal in the first half. And yeah, I think it's been a pretty decent month. Obviously, they they beat Barnsley, something we couldn't do. Um, battered Peter Barrett against something we couldn't do. Um, and beat Coventry, marred with losses against Millwall, Huddersfield and Fulham, although that is to be expected. Dan Liverpool in the Cup too. I think they do look like quite a good side, especially with the two target men up top, Ikpiazu and Hugel. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me that if they play together on Saturday. 
Um, and also at the back, they're looking quite solid with obviously Rangers' old boy Alex Smithies in goal and likes of Perry Engie, Aidan Flint. I'm Channel Font's old boy Mark McGuinness. I went to school with him. So, Mark, if you're listening, hi. Do you remember me? <laughs> Why would he um, listen to us? <laughs> Yeah, good good point. Yeah, good point, actually. But, Mark, if you do st- happen to stumble across this podcast, then hi, do you remember me? Score um, on but... on the weekend, mate, would you? <laughs> Please, yeah. I'll make an error leading to a goal. Um, but, yeah, I think Cardiff, I think they, they've looked, they've definitely improved a lot as of late. Steering well clear of any relegation questions, however, I still think they, they're sort of at the bottom of that mid-table stretch from, I'd say... 15th down to 20th so but they're they're well clear they're 13 points clear of the bottom three so so barring a lord almighty collapse in form they should be okay on that front but yeah I think Cardiff I think the two target men up top are definitely the ones to watch it does go without saying well you mentioned Jordan Hugel um but he is struggling form a little bit I'd say only two goals so far this season for uh, Cardiff and his last goal came against Peterborough in that 4-0 thrashing which Lucas mentioned on the 9th of February so uh, I imagine that he would be starting Lucas suggested that Ikpiazu up top as well Dan what what are we expecting from them lineup wise um I, I certainly don't expect them to play two target men um as much as they both pose a threat I think they'd be ridiculously one-dimensional. Um, I think they'll go with probably Hugel um, and then either, I think it's Isaac Davies or, um, or Mark Harris. So, so they pair, pair a target man with someone a bit a bit nippier and a bit quicker. Um, I imagine it'll be the same shape, 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, however you want to look at it. Um, they'll be hard to break down, I imagine, narrow shape. So there'll be probably an emphasis on... Um, on us moving the ball a bit wider, crossing crossing needs to be a bit better than it has been. Um, and then obviously you've got the, you know, what they're about, they're a physical battle and dominant from dominant from set of players. Yeah, uh, just having a look. They're missing... Well, he's not been in the squad for the last couple of the game. Oh, he played against Fulham, but uh, Rob, Ruben Colwell, the attacking midfielder, four goals... And one assist in the championship this season. I think he is their second top goal scorer, apart from uh, Aidan Flint, the centre back, who's always handy for a few. He's got five so far this season. Um, and, you know, this is obviously after they've lost their other striker or their main striker, Kiefer Moore, to Bournemouth. Uh, he scored five for them this season in all competitions. So, this uh, Ruben Colwell, seen much of him, Dan? Um, not not too much. Um, he's more he's more of a ten than a striker. Um, yeah. So if they do opt to go with him, um, they'll probably play play him off the off the nine. Um, he's, uh, I've from the glimpses I've seen, he's quite technical. Um, good final ball, which which is something they they need. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not too sure what their front two is going to be because I believe Hugo was on the bench last game with an illness, same with Piezu. So it was a bit of a, they had James Collins up top. So it was a bit of a, a shuffled, shuffled front two. Yeah. Perhaps a bit of a false lineup really. Um, what Lucas, any changes to the side that lined up against, 
Blackburn at the weekend? Well, I'm not 100% sure if you boys saw, but I put out on my Twitter a lineup that I would like to see on Saturday. This is provided that, of course, everyone is fully fit. I'd go with Dieng and Goldsey, Marshall, if not fit. Back five of Adoma, Dickey, Dunn, Barbe, Wallace, Moses, if not fit. A midfield trio of Hendrick, Amos and Field and Willett playing just behind Lyndon Dykes, Charlie Austin, if not fit. And I'd say chair to come off the bench. Um, that's what I'd like to see on Saturday. That would be an ideal scenario, if you like. Is that is that a three five two without steps? Yes. Yeah. Um if I don't know if you saw my other tweet, is that yes. the four league matches we've played without Steph this season, we've won all of them. What about Barnsley. I think the uh the other eight with Steph where well, we won? Um eight? <laughs> have we got twelve wins overall? Um sixteen. Oh, 16 then. Okay. This is um, just in the league alone, so... Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the thing I'd say about that is if you look at perhaps the cup matches at the start of the season against lesser opposition, which he didn't play in as well. I don't think he played against Sunderland, which we struggled creatively. We didn't play... Uh, was that the Leighton Orient game? We weren't very creative in that game. It was quite boring. Went to penalties. Um, and as me and Dan were saying, um, in the previous unused, game, he was unused against Sunderland. Yeah. So in the previous game against Blackburn, he plays this lovely ball over the top for Gray. It's our best chance to score, to be honest, in the whole game. Whether you think that he's been playing well enough or not, do you really, do you, you know, you're bringing in Amos for him. Do you think that Amos is able to perform that role uh, of actually creating something better than Stefan Johansson? Someone that's, you know, last season was instrumental in really keeping us in the league to be honest and turning us around in form I mean he was I mean he was it was unbelievable he was incredible last season this season he has shown flashes of brilliance at times but I think I think his I think his lack of game time especially in the first half of last season has really caught up with him um, and while Botmob does show good stats um, for him um yeah, I think if he just get, perhaps gets a little bit of a rest on Saturday, then yeah. Um, honest, honestly, I wouldn't mind if he plays. That would just be what I would do if I was in Warburton's shoes. But yeah, it's just me, I guess. Dan, anything to say, say about Lucas's uh, proposed eleven? Um, I mean, the back line, the back line kind of speaks for itself. Um. I'm not sure I'd want a midfield three of Amos, um, Hendrick, Anfield. Um, all right, Hendrick, all right, put put a decent ball in um, on Saturday, but, but doesn't really scream like one of the three can can create something from deeper areas. And then is, was it was it chair dropped as well? Yeah, yeah. But I'd like to see him off the bench. I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop like either of those two. For me, they're the first. First two, one of the first two names on the team sheet. Um, I don't, I don't really get all the the, the chair stick generally. I see people say he slows the play down, um, he kills momentum. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not buying that personally. Yeah. Um, so, what would you like to see from the midfield? Would it be time perhaps to go back to just two in midfield instead of three? Yeah, I'd go back to the three four. 
um, two one. Um, Stefan Field, um, wing backs. I don't. I'm not really bothered who plays on the left. Whoever's fit. Um, back three as usual. Um, Chair Willock and as tens, and then probably likely be Gray if Dykes doesn't fit. If Dykes is fit, I'd play Dykes as, as the lone nine. But if if he's not, then Gray goes in for me. Yeah, I'd agree with Gray going in over Austin. I think Austin's proven in the last couple of weeks that he's. Uh, if any, if anyone does need to come off the bench, it's him rather than anyone else. Um, yeah, that's kind of all to say about the potential lineup for us. I've looked at their Cardiff highlights from the last four games just before coming on, which was a, a one nil loss to Fulham. Uh, I believe they lost two one to Huddersfield, and then a one all draw with Blackpool. The interesting thing from that for me. There was a a pattern emerging very quickly. All four of the goals that they conceded all came from crosses. They failed to clear their lines on every single one. The Fulham ones come starts with a corner or free kick, so it's like a short corner routine, I believe, which they eventually then put the ball into the box from. And uh, there's Mitrovic at the back post, but still, I would say an opportunity to clear the ball if they were more switched on. Um, and perhaps that's a bit harsh on them, I don't know. But the Blackpool goals, and especially the Huddersfield ones, because the highlights of the game against Huddersfield, they were all over them for the majority of the game. And then, I don't know what time the goals went in, but Huddersfield took, put two balls in. 88th into minute and 96th minute. Well, there we go. It was two balls Thomas, in. It? Yeah, late on in the game. They're not exactly fantastic balls, but one of them goes underneath, um, underneath Flint, one of them, they just don't clear at all. And then they mop up Huddersfield in the box. So this weekend, I know we are cursed with our crossing quality, but my God, if there's ever a game to just put the ball in the box, surely it is this one, Dan. Yeah, no, I think I think that's why um, I was talking to you earlier about the stat where they conceded like 13 more goals than they should have. I think that's some of it's down to individual errors, like you said. Um and I think Smithies has been uh, badly underperforming as well, from what I've from what I've read. Um, but like I said earlier, they their shapes very narrow off the ball. They'll just sit narrow, uh, sit with a narrow low low block. Um, so it, there will be emphasis on us shifting the ball quickly to our win backs and um, and putting putting the ball um, right where the money is. Um, and that and then also we've got to we've got to have players that have the ability to score goals from these crosses. I mean, I haven't seen too much of Gray. Has Gray done that much? I'm not what, I'm not cross? too wary. Yeah, like b- balls in a box. Um, I don't think it's Dykes his is... strength really, is it? But no, it's a bit more of an obvious be... target in the fact that he's going to stand perhaps on the penalty spot and be a yeah. natural striker because I think the criticism that I have at times of the two false nines is that neither of them really want to be making the run into the box as a striker and we leave we don't actually get that many bodies into the box a lot of the time maybe it's like chair will come in for a low cross like he did against Hull behind the striker but I don't think Willock makes that run particularly you know no 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 big problem really it's not 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 his game is it no they drop they they drop in as tens they yeah you'll have the you'll have the wing backs pushing high either side um you'll have the lone striker usually, but sometimes two, and then you have the third or the the two tens. So they'll drop drop between the lines, or 
um, overload the channels. Um, I mean, so it's not their game. It makes it a bit more obvious where the ball is going to go, but regardless, you know, whatever. That is just isn't their game. So you, they will not be running into the box. And I, I don't think he, that sort of crossing is perhaps uh, Bray's strongest suit. The disappointing thing would be I would like to play Austin. In, if we were play, you know, against this sort of side, Austin would be probably the best choice from what we've got fit at the moment, if he is fit. Because I think, probably say, based on recent games, he's more likely to be fit than Dykes, because I think he just picked up a knock, wasn't it, prior to that yeah. So you would think he's going to be more fit, but with recent performances, he doesn't stay in the box enough, for my liking. I, I suppose the only, the only counterpoint to that is against Cardiff who will sit in I imagine we're going to play quite high with, with the ball so we're going to probably we're going to pin them quite deep and then we're just going to kind of rotate between um, between either side of the box and I, I probably would would argue that Austin out of all of the three of them probably does have the best movement inside the box um, so if, if we are if we are a goal down or something like that then and they're, they're just happy to sit inside their their 18-yard box, then perhaps potentially that little bit of movement could make the difference um, to unlock, to unlock yeah, their defence. Yeah, because looking at the game against Fulham, there was one moment where they uh, they had quite a few players behind the ball. I think it was about 10 players, probably just Hugel up front. So, that it, you know, we're obviously going to have a lot of the ball. The key thing for us to do is moving it quickly, moving it into the box quick enough. And if we are going to go side to side, then it's got to be a bit sharper than the sort of pass it to Dunn. Dunn waits, 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 looks up, passes to Barbe. Barbe doesn't fancy it, passes it back across. You've got to take a risk at some point, as we said earlier. Yeah, the ball has got I to go imagine, forward. I can imagine there's going to be a lot of moans and groans on Saturday um, with that happening. Yeah. Um, like you said, we are going to have to try and penetrate them at some point. But if, if we keep the ball, uh, realistically... Realistically, they're not going to be too big of a threat off, off the break. Um, they probably might play with a pacey striker, but that's about it. They're going to be dominant probably from, from the odd set piece. So I think you just got to be patient with the game. And I imagine we'll get quite a few chances to, to try and break them down. Yeah. Lucas, what are you hoping for us? What what you expect, if you were to sort of suggest something for us to improve on? If I, if I were to suggest something some for us to improve on, I'd like to see us... Um... I think tucking our. I think we'd, I'd like to see us tucking more of our chances away. Obviously, um, obviously we haven't scored as many recently as perhaps we would have liked to have done. Um, I also wouldn't mind seeing some more solidity on the back line. Um, we've been leaking quite a few unnecessary goals recently, um, and yeah, I think a better all-round performance would be nice, and obviously a point or three too. Even if it, uh, even if it's just a point, um, then it's better than zero, is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, going into the game, I'd probably want three, but we'll sort of reassess at halftime and stuff like that, I guess. Um, the the yeah. funny thing that we mentioned about the crossing is that they're not even that bad from conceding from set pieces. They've conceded the same amount of goals, I believe, from us, from set pieces, seven goals. So it's not something that stretches across everything. So I'm just, you know, find that interesting. Uh, and perhaps going forward, are they quite potent from scoring from set pieces, Dan? Um, yeah, they've scored 13 this year, which is the second highest in the league. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they are. That's one of the, the I mean, you got the likes of what Sean Morrison, um, Hugo. Yeah, you got you got that you could list them list them off loads, but um I've been quite impressed with our set pieces more more offensively than defensively. Um so I'm I'm I I wonder what we're gonna do because I know we like to adopt more of a hybrid um system, but I'm wondering whether we we go a bit more more zonal on the weekend rather than man to man. Because if we're man to man, realistically the chances of us winning that particular individual duel are probably quite low. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's kind of it for Cardiff. Brace yourselves, people, for not a boring game. I mean, I'd take a boring one nil at this stage. I'd also take a confident three nil. But the, the the key thing is that we've got to get three points because it is getting tighter. Um and the descent from the fans is growing louder at times, you know. So I'd really like them to go out on Saturday and put in a really confident performance, put the ball in the back of the net a few times and really dispatch Cardiff. Having said that, the last time we did that was against Reading and it's not helped us in any bit since then. So <laughs> you don't quite know what is good for us, whether it's fighting fighting for that 1-0 or battering them I don't really know but I know the key thing for us will be if we move the ball quicker if we just get the ball into the box that we show a little bit of attacking intent rather than moving it side to side and sort of accepting that we're going to be trying to play possession for the first 20 minutes we'll get the crowd on your side basically because the crowd were on their back on their side in the second half against Blackpool and they played well because of it and in the end we go on and nick the game if you give the crowd something to moan and grumble about which is chiefly at the moment the lack of attacking intent then it's just not going to go well and Cardiff will probably pop up with a goal and then put everyone behind the ball and just try and frustrate us for the rest of the game and at the moment we're not playing well enough to break teams down who are playing like that so final word on Cardiff then will be the predictions please gentlemen Starting with you, Lucas, what are you hoping for? Or, no, not what are you hoping for. What do you think the result will be? Obviously, I think we'd all have another 6-1, just like New Year's Day two years ago, but that's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, it's going to be scrappy, but I'm going to take a 2-1 W for the R's. Okay, Dan? Um, ooh, I'm going to say 1-0 one one to nil. us. Okay. Uh, just before we go, one last thing to mention. Um, obviously, I wasn't here a couple of weeks ago, but I did listen to what the guys recorded. And Micah asked a very good question to Lucas that he kind of didn't get an answer for. So, Lucas, you said after West Brom, or sorry, before West Brom, that we would go up if we won that. And any, uh, would you care to revise your statement or are you sticking by it? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to say. Um, I'm just going to say I'd love to see us get top six. That's you've got to stick with your prediction now. That was a bold. That was a bold statement in what January. Yeah, I, I said at the start of the season, if we finish above ninth, then that's progress. I'll I'll still stick by that, but I think the real aim has to be promotion here. We're 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 in the we're we're still in the top six for God's sake. Um, obviously, it might not be for much longer, but we. But hope I'd I'd love to see us get promoted. I'd love it. 
Okay, so I'm not really sure if there was an answer there, but, you know, careful sitting on the fence there. It might be uncomfortable. Um, Dan, uh, last thing to say, you you were pretty happy at the weekend with Luton's up up there in the playoffs. A, a little word for your second favourite manager behind Port, behind Warburton? No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm keeping my lips sealed for the minute because they might I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'll I'll save these save the outpouring of emotions for so was it the thirteenth of thirteenth of March when we played thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, I'll save it for them. Okay, uh, thanks for joining me again this week, lads. Uh, so as always, you can uh, follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, you could also follow our generation on Twitter at our generation net and follow us on Spotify on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. So you can get the latest one as soon as possible. We'll be back next week to review Cardiff and to look ahead at the games coming up. So once again, thank you very much for listening until next time. Come on, you ours.